Good afternoon, my brothers and sisters. This is Pastor D. Washington coming to you live from out of Atlanta, Georgia. We're going to welcome you back to the Promise of Our Father podcast. We're going to do series, uh, series one and episode one, and we're going to continue as we continue from uh, the last series that we did. And we just want to thank God for what He's doing in the spiritual culture ministry through the Promise of Our Father podcast. And we want to thank all our spiritual leaders out there. And as God continue to bless us and lead us in a direction in which he would have us to go. Without further ado, we're going to get right down into it. Amen. We're going to come from out of the scriptures, John chapter 20, verses 19, 19 through 23, 19 through 23. Amen. And it reads, Then the same day at the evening, being the first day of the week, when the doors were shut, where the disciples were assembled for the fear of the, Jew, the for the fear of the Jews, Christ came and stood in the midst and said to them, "Peace be with you." When he had said this, he showed them his hands and his side, and then the disciples was glad when they saw the Lord. So Christ said to them again, "Peace to you, as the Father has sent me, I also send you." And when he had said this, he breathed on them and said to them, Receive the Holy Spirit. Receive the Holy Spirit. Amen. And verse 23 says it, If you forgive the sins of any, they are forgiven them. If you retain the sins of any, they are retained. I want to tag this or title this, the bodies through the doors that was shut. The bodies through the doors that was shut. You know, there are many infallible and unspeakable things that occurred after and during the event of the resurrection of Jesus Christ. Many of them are many of them are hard to explain and express to Christians and believers because they are still trying to figure out how did the body of Jesus Christ came through the doors or the six inch doors that were shut, and this body had bones and flesh. 
This is yet still today a mystery of God to the majority of Christians and believers and even bishops and apostles and and prophets and pastors and preachers and teachers. And at one time, me, myself, and I was included in not understanding or even knowing just how and did, just how and did and what type of body that had flesh and bones were able to come through the six-inch doors that was shut. Amen. For 30-plus years being in church and being in ministry, not once was this portion of the Scriptures explained to me to make me understand and comprehend what actually happened and transpired in order for a body that had flesh and bones to come through the six-inch doors that were shut. But over the years, I learned through the scriptures in Deuteronomy 29, 29, that the secret things belongs to God and the things that are revealed. And the things that are revealed belongs to us and our children's children forever. So the only way we are going to find out about the bodies that came through the six-inch doors that were shut, or the only way we're going to comprehend and understand the bodies that came through the six-inch doors that were shut as a mystery of God or as a secret of God, it is going to have to be revealed to us. Scriptures further explains more about the mystery of God. In Matthew 13, 11, and in Mark 4, 11, it records that Christ was telling his disciples, it is for them to know, and it has been given to them to know and have the knowledge of the mysteries of the kingdom of God. But to them who are on the but 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 to them who are not interested in knowing, it has not been given to them yet. To know why, because all they are interested in is knowing parable. The scriptures further explains about this mystery of God that I have become a minister according to the stewardship from God, huh? Which He has given me for you to fulfill the word of God, eternal spirit, which is the mystery which has been hidden. From ages and from generations, but now, eh, glory, but now, let me say this again, but now the mystery has been revealed to his saints. To them, God will to make known what are the riches of the glory of his mystery among us as Christians and believers, bishops and prophets, apostles and pastors and preachers and teachers and the Gentiles, which is the Christ in you and the Christ in me, the hope of glory. You can find that in Colossians chapter 1, verses 25 through 27, but the hope of glory, my brothers and sisters, is what we are actually operating from out of. In Hebrews chapter 11, one says that now faith is the substance of things we hope for, the hope of glory, which we have not seen, the things we are hoping for, and the things that are not seen is the hope of glory. This has everything to do with the bodies. 
Yeah, watch out now. The bodies that came through the door. Hey, the six-inch doors that was shut. Man, there's some heavy stuff, my brothers and sisters. But we're going to continue on, and we're just going to get right down into it. So now we find out, through the Word of God and through the Scriptures, the hidden mysteries or the secret things of God is, be, be, is being revealed to Christians and believers, bishops and prophets and pastors and preachers and teachers and even our sons and our daughters forever. So this has been out there all this time, but it was hidden for a generation in this dispensation of time so that it can be revealed through the sons and the daughters of God. Amen. We as spiritual church leaders have to position ourselves for the revelation knowledge of God in Christ. So now we have some searching of the scriptures to do to find out exactly what is this mystery of God. Also, we need to remember in John Chapter 5, verse 39 and 40, it says that if you search the scriptures, for in them you think you have eternal life. And these are they who testify of me. Who is me? This is the Christ, the hope of glory that is in you and I. But you are not willing to come to the hope of glory that you might have eternal life. huh? Why? Because you rather believe what your spiritual church leaders say. Huh? You rather believe what your bishop of apostle and prophets and pastors and preachers and teachers say about the eternal life and the eternal death rather than believe what I say as God. See, God is speaking to his people in these latter days about eternal, his eternal glory that is being manifested. But people rather believe because the scripture says they rather praise men more than they rather praise God because the witness of men is not greater than the witness of God. Because why? Because God has made a covenant with you and God has made a covenant with me. Look what he says in Hebrews 8.10. He says, for this is the covenant that I will make with the house of Israel. This is the covenant that I will make with the whosoever move Catholic Church. This is the covenant I will make with the whosoever move Baptist Church. This is the covenant that I will make with the whosoever move Presbyterian Church. This is the covenant that I will make with the Church of Christ. Huh? Or whosoever move. Huh? He said, this is the covenant that I will make in the latter days. He says, the Lord, I will put my laws in their mind. I will write them on their hearts, and I will be their God, and they shall be my people. So now I'm reading, as I understand what I'm reading, God is really telling you, and God is really telling me, he wants us to be his people, and he wants to be our God. But we have made these gods, the prince of the power of the air, our God, into the sons, into the sons, and 
and the daughters of disobedience. He's working in them such a work where he continue to keep them alienated from the life of God through the darkness hey, and the blindness of their heart. But God says in Hebrews 8.10, he says, I'm making a covenant because I'm going to put myself, the law of God, the law of the spirit of the life of Christ Jesus that has made you and has made me free. He says, I'm putting this in your mind. I'm putting this in your heart so that you can be free, that glory, from the law of sin and death. Although over the years, in my ministry, I was taught great things about the Word of God through bishop, pastors, preachers, and teachers, and apostles, and preachers. I want you to know, my brothers, I did not come into the knowledge of God and our Lord and Savior, Jesus Christ. Before then, I found out I still wasn't being taught the mysteries of the promise of God until Christ became my teacher, and I was taught by the Spirit of God. When I began to pattern, pattern and copy my ministry after Christ and God's teaching, that's when and only then was when the mystery of the knowledge of the kingdom of God and the mystery of the knowledge of the kingdom of Christ was revealed to me. Huh? That was when I came into the knowledge of God and what he promised us as a people of God. I began to search the scriptures. And when I began to search the scriptures, I began to start thinking I was able to live forever and not die. But on the other hand, when I was attending the huh, church service at Whosoever Move Baptist Church, uh, where my spiritual church leaders was teaching me where we all have to die and tomorrow's not promised. But on the other hand, when I started searching the scriptures, my, for myself, the Spirit of Christ and the Spirit of God began to teach me God promised us eternal life through the Spirit of His Son, Jesus Christ. Then I found out I had to make a choice this day in whose report I was going to believe because if I stick with the whosoever move Baptist church teaching all the time at the time of my teaching for my spiritual church leader, huh? that was going to put me in a compromising position with the teaching of God and the teaching of Christ. Because in Matthew 23, verse 8, it says that the, huh, Christ is our teacher and God is our father. And in John 6, 45 says, we all are taught and learned by God. So I had to make a choice in who I was going to serve and who report I was going to believe. So when making this decision, I thought about it. I'm going to make the right decision. If I'm going to make the right decision, my brothers and sisters, I'm going to have to search the scriptures to find out why I believe God promised me eternal life that I can, and he, he, he promised me eternal life and that I can live forever and not die. My brothers, this is a hard concept because we are seeing people dying on a daily basis. Even our loved ones, there are fatalities and tragedies and there are circumstances out there would cause you not to think you 
you can live forever and, 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 and not die. But God has a remnant, a chosen group of individuals that he has called before the foundation of the world, that he has chosen before the foundation of the world, and he used in his son through the revelation knowledge of him coming through the doors that was shut huh, on the first day of the week and he's using him as a revelation knowledge and through the revelation knowledge of teaching you and teaching me because he said in his word he even called heaven and earth to bear witness to have the revelation knowledge on what he's about to say. So I went to Deuteronomy chapter 30, verse 19 and 20. And God called heaven and earth as a witness today against you. And God called heaven and earth as a witness against me. So I set before you, he said, eternal life and death and blessings and cursing. Therefore, choose eternal life that both you and your children and your children's children can live forever. That you may love the Lord your God and that he can be your God and that you can be his people. That you may obey his voice and that you may Cling to him, for God is your life and your length of days, and that you may dwell in the land. Hey, he has established through his covenant, through the fathers of Abraham, Isaac, and Jacob. He says, choose you this day. So my brother, this ministry here at the Promise of Our Father podcast and the Spiritual Culture Ministry, we are teaching from the perspective of what the Word of God is saying. And it, it, and it is who report or we are going to believe is the report that I'm teaching from out of. Now, you may not resonate with this message, and this message may not be for you. But don't stop your children's children from getting what God promised. Because if God promised me and if God's testimony is that he gave his son so that I and you can have eternal life, I'd be darned or I'd be, I'd, be, I'd be who I am because I can't say what I want to say since I'm doing this live. I want you to know I'd be, I'd be careful. Hey, glory, that's probably the right, the right word to say, Brother D. So watch this. I'll be very careful in who I'm going to choose today and serve as the living God. Because people are telling us the direct opposite of what God has spoken. My brother, this is heavy because I want you to realize people walk around all day. It's not always the pastor, preachers, and bishop, and, and prophets, and all these people I name all the time. And I'm not picking with nobody because I was a part of those people who I was, I'm picking on if you think I am. Because I was one that would go around not knowing that I was able to live and not die and declare the works of the Lord. Don't you know that's a scripture? And don't you know that I used to pronounce that same? 
say that because my pastor, preacher, spiritual church leader used to teach me. He never taught me about the power and how it existed for me to live forever. He never taught me how to get, how to get into a place where I can walk in the body, the bodies of the doors, the bodies that came through the six-inch doors that was Shut on the first day of the week. And he breathed on us. When we get finished with this episode, when we get finished with this podcast or this series, you're going to find out this body that came, these bodies that came through the doors that were shut was actually the bodies he created in Genesis. It is actually the bodies that he made in Genesis 126 and 127. Man, this stuff is heavy, so I'm just setting the foundation right now through the teaching of these scriptures. So I want us to understand that God is taking us somewhere. So God made a covenant through Abraham and Isaac and Jacob to give to us. After reading and understand these two verses in the book of Je- in the book of Deuteronomy, where God tells us in chapter in Deuteronomy 30, verse 19 and 20, He says, "Choose eternal life." He says, I am your life and your length of days. Now, that's hard to kick up against when you are telling me that tomorrow is not promised. And it's hard to kick up against when second Second John chapter 1, huh, verse 25 says that, Second John chapter 2, verse 25 says that God has given you. And given me eternal life. Excuse me, First John chapter 2, verse 25. I want you to get these scriptures now. I'd have to go back and recant a few things, my brothers and sisters. But don't count it to my head. And don't count it to my heart. Just count it to my, my mistake that I made in pronouncing or saying what is need to be said. So now I'm going back. First John, huh? Chapter 2, verse 25. God promised me and you eternal life. First John. John chapter 5, verse 11 and 12, he says that, and this is the promise that I promise you, and this is the testimony that I testify, that I have given you and given us eternal life. So don't charge me for what God promised me, because if he promised me what he charging you for, and you are not being charged for what he promised you, that is on you, because we are putting this word out here so that you can begin to comprehend what the scriptures is saying. It says in John chapter 5, verse 39, if you search the scriptures, you might think you have eternal life. Brother, I'm way past the thinking. I'm way past the understanding. I know, had glory, that I have eternal life. After seeing what God says in Deuteronomy, because he is my life and my length of days, and he told me to choose eternal life, this gives me comfort and put my decision at ease. Because, because now my decision is based on God's answer and God's promise. That put me in a win-win situation. Although I, lo- I, although I lost a lot of my I lost a lot of my Christians, huh, my Christian friends and believers. <coughs> Excuse me. Although I lost a lot of my Christian friends and believers at whosoever moved Baptist Church, my brothers and sisters, that that was okay with me. 
Because on the other hand, I gain favor with God. I gain Christ. See, look at the promises that I, look at the things I gain, although I lost a few things. Huh? I gained a body that was made without hands on the sixth day that God created in his own image and his own likeness. I gained the knowledge and the life of God in Christ over the choice I made. What are you willing to gain? Hey, we're going to read further when we get further down. It says that what will a man or a woman profit uh, if they gain the whole world and they lose their soul? Hey, what will a man or a woman give an exchange of the body that is made without hands on the sixth thing in the image and the likeness of God? What would man or woman give an exchange? Hey, glory. I got to get out of that, my brothers, because I'm getting warmed up here a little bit, so you better watch out. So now, brother, what will a man gain? So I gain the body of Christ, the body that was made without hands. I have favor with God, the likeness and the image of God. To not, I have the knowledge and the life of God in Christ over the choice I made. Who are you going to serve and what choice are you going to make? from out of the ministry that you're in right now. Hey, my brothers, I'm a little rowdy, so you got to watch out when I'm speaking. I'm not speaking to, my, to, 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 try to, to try to offend you. I'm speaking to break down the walls of separation. How can we be equally yoked if we are separated in what we believe? You can't believe what man believe and say God said it and believe what God said that man said and try to twist it. You got to believe either what man says or you're going to believe the testimony of God. Even God testified about himself, about himself, about his son. So who are you going to believe? Who are you going to serve? Who reported you going to believe this day? My brothers and sisters. Plus, I also found out in the scriptures in John 12, 43. In John chapter 12, verse 43. It is amazing what the scriptures teaches us when we search the scriptures to find out that we have eternal life. I think the majority of the Christians and believers and the majority of all the pastors, preachers and teachers, bishops and apostles have not so learned Christ because they have not so searched the scriptures to find out who Christ truly is. And therefore, I say this to your shame because therefore, when I started out in ministry and even when I was ordained as a pastor, my brothers and sisters, let me tell you something. There was a lot I didn't know about the spirit of Christ coming through the doors that was shut and that I can live forever and not die. I used to proclaim and pronounce something I had no knowledge of. But when I came into the knowledge of what I proclaim now, God showed me favor about the body that is made without hands that came through the doors that was shut on the sixth day in his image and the likeness of who he is. My brother, they say that people praise men in John 12, 43, more than they praise God. And the first thing I want you to understand, and the first thing we're going to have to understand is the mysteries of the kingdom of God. That is for us to know as Christian and believers. 
You and I cannot establish this by operating in the flesh and blood. Let's go to 1 Corinthians 15, 15. Now this I say, brethren, that flesh and blood cannot inherit the kingdom of God, nor does corruption inherit it, inherit it nor does incorruption, nor does corruption inherit incorruptions. Excuse me, so I got it right. Amen. Scriptures also teaches us in Ephesians 6.12, for we do not wrestle against flesh and blood, but against principalities and powers and against rulers of darkness of this age, against the spiritual hosts of wickedness in heavenly places. It, it goes on and further says in Galatians 5, chapter 5, verse 17 and 18, for the flesh lusts against the spirit and the spirit against the flesh. And these are contrary to one another so that you do the thing you wish. So now, in verse 18 in Galatians chapter 5, but if you are led by the Spirit of God, you are not under the law of sin and death. Let's bundle these scriptures together and let's see what the Spirit of God says to the church. If we are operating in flesh and blood and think we are operating or making spiritual de decisions from our flesh and blood, it won't get us anything. We would only be fooling ourselves because we are thinking we are in a place with God and Christ, but we are not. And to inherit something from God, you need to and I need to know and believe he is capable of delivering what he promised. If God gave you and God gave me eternal life as a promise, we need to believe in the inheritance that God promised us eternal life. And if God is spirit, according to John 4.24, and must we must worship him in spirit and truth, this means what's, whatever God has given us as an inheritance can't be possessed in flesh and blood. So this takes on a new meaning because the majority of Christians and believers are being taught through the scriptures by the church spiritual leaders. Tomorrow is not promised and we all have to die and our days are numbered. This type of teaching automatically put you in flesh and blood. And this cannot and this cancel out anyone who are in the flesh and blood to properly receive the gift of God because the gift of God is eternal life. Now, these are the majority reasons most Christians and believers cannot receive the message of eternal life. They are taught in order for them to have and receive eternal life is after they die. They will have eternal life because they are saved and confess Jesus as their Lord and Savior. What a great myth, huh? A great deception that have been taught over 2,000 plus years now by spiritual church leaders. Although many believers know they are now, they are not wrestling against flesh and blood. And many believers know that the flesh lusts against the spirit and both are contrary to one another. They haven't been taught the mystery of eternal life as the kingdom of God. 
And as long as they believe in their hearts and confess with their mouth that tomorrow is not promised and we all have to die, they will never, <coughs> let me say that again, they will never understand the promise that God promised us. The promise and the testimony that the God has testified of himself that he has gave, he has given his son Christ. Huh? He has given us his son Christ that we may have and know that we have eternal life. Just go to 1 John chapter 5, verse 9, 10, 11, 12, and 13. You're going to find out the witness of men is not greater than the witness of God because you have tried to make the witness of God out of a liar when you don't believe that God has given of his son and whoever so whosoever believe that God has given of his son, he has given them eternal life. And he says, these are they huh, who testify of me. And these are they who know, not just think anymore, that they have eternal life. These are they who know that they have eternal life and that they will continue in the ministry of believing. Let's go to 1 John. Chapter 5, verse 11 to 9, 10, 11, 12, and 13, my brothers. They haven't been taught the mystery of eternal life as the kingdom of God. And as long as they believe in their and confess with their mouth that tomorrow is not promised and we all have to die, they would never understand the promise that God promises and the testimony that he has testified of himself and his son Christ. They will continue to believe that John 6, 58 is just a saying in the scripture. This verse gives us all the elements we need to know that having eternal life is not the same thing as dying to get it. John 6, 57 and 58, as the living Father sent me, it speaks in verse 57, as the living Father has sent me, and I live as Christ because of my Father, so he or she who feeds on me will live forever because of me. Verse 58 says, This is the bread which came down from heaven, not as your fathers them ate and are dead. He or she who eats of this bread will live forever. Why are we not? teaching on these type of scriptures. I know that we need a breakthrough. I know that healing has to take place. I know that there's all kind of sickness and disease. I know that we have to cast out demons and devils that we must do. But my brothers and sisters, if you're not there to find the body of the Spirit of Christ, because Christ gave some apostles or pastors and preachers and preachers and teachers and evangelists. So that's why you hear me saying all these all the time about the pastors and pastors and preachers and teachers because we have to teach in the similitude of who he called us. He gave some, not many. So, so many are called, but a few are chosen. Those who he chose teach on the ministry of the edification of the body of God. Hey, the body of Christ. The body that came through the doors that was shut on the Six, he gave the ministry 
I'm not picking my brothers and sisters. I know this might be a little different for you to hear what I'm speaking, but just listen, because we are going somewhere. I'm not casting rocks and hiding hands because I'm not one of those type of guys. Because if I speak something to you, it's only through the Spirit of God, especially when I'm teaching from the perspective of what he called me from. Because I want you to know even Christ had to be taught by God to become a teacher, and he was commanded to teach eternal of life in John 12, 48, 49, and 50. So he was commanded to teach eternal life. He was commanded to say what he was taught to teach. So therefore, and furthermore, I'm going to teach what my father began to teach me through his son, Christ. So my brothers and sisters, if this is a hard message for you, by all means, do what you have to do. Why would the scriptures keep teaching and telling us something that would not be true? Why would it teach us something that God cannot perform? Why are spiritual church leaders are not teaching the saints and believers of God huh? this spiritual truth about God? I tell you why, because they have not so learned Christ. <laughs> and the majority of the bishop, pastors, preachers, and preachers and teachers have a zeal for God, but not according to knowledge. Huh? When when they start opening up the scriptures for Christians and believers to understand, when we start opening up the scriptures for Christians and believers to understand and comprehend the scriptures, that's when we will make a change in the death rate we are experiencing it's until the spiritual church leaders even myself until we confront death how many are bad enough out there as a spiritual church leader to confront death uh, huh how many of us are bad enough to tell death you got to get the hell out of here how many of us are bad enough to tell death my father gave me power over death because the last enemy to be destroyed. How many of us bold enough to tell death you have no more bondage over me. You have no more no, no more hold on me because I can live forever and not die in the body that God made me in from the flesh. Because when we began to start understand the body that came through the doors that was shut, huh? the six inch doors that was shut, something took place in the tomb with the water and the blood because the water and the blood had to agree to the high priest of God because the high priest of God was Christ while the Holy Spirit was there in the body of Jesus huh? that Joseph of Amathea and Nicodemus prepared when it came there there was a ceremony boy I'm getting ahead of myself but I got to give it to you how God has given it to me because I want you to know something my brother this thing is real that glory, because God is revealing himself to the saints. So we're going to have to, my brothers and sisters, get into a place where man can't interfere in the place where flesh and bones is at. Because man can only interfere where flesh and blood is at, my brothers and sisters. So when we start opening up the scriptures for Christians and believers to understand as spiritual church leaders and to comprehend the scriptures, that's when we're going to see a change in the death rate. We are experiencing and it's until then 
the spiritual church leaders, the body of Christ, began to confront death. If God promised that he gave us eternal life, his son spoke in Luke 10, 19. He gave us all the power over the enemy. 1 Corinthians 15, huh? verse 26, and the last enemy to be destroyed. If he gave us all the power, he abolished death uh, through the appearance of himself. And he brought forth eternal life and immortality. All these things are hidden. And the scripture says, my brothers and sisters, if we search the scriptures, we may think we might have eternal life. Until the church spiritual leaders, the, church, the spiritual church leaders confront death and the host of the evil ones, we will never see the Spirit of God and the manifestation of His glory take place in the earthly realm. This message is still about the bodies through the doors that were shut. Because this is so important that we get this revelation knowledge of who God is. Because when we begin to see that the doors that were shut is the body that we possess through having eternal life, God says in his word, he told Thomas, he says, Thomas, you believe this body because you touched it. You believe this body because you felt it. But they that are not in the place where you at and never seen, never touched, huh? Or never even had a, a chance to see the body that came through the doors that was shut. He said, if they begin to believe through the revelation knowledge of my father, they will live forever and not die. Hmm? Blessed are they. He, my brothers, so I still want you to know this message is still about the bodies through the doors that were shut. The churches are still wrestling with flesh and blood, and the prince of the power of the air is now working in the sons and the daughters of this of God, who are operating from the out of the flesh and blood. These are the sons and the daughters that is in disobedience, and they don't even know it. That's the enemy's stomping ground. Huh? Because he knows to be carnally minded is death. And you cannot please God in the flesh or if you have a carnal mind. And this is a true intricate to know if you have a carnal mind and not being led by the Spirit of God. If you believe in your heart that tomorrow is not promised and confess with your mouth, huh, we all have to die. This is a definite, definitely and a precise picture and a piece of the intricate. You are not led by the Spirit of God and that you have a carnal mind and are operating from the flesh and the blood and not operating in the Spirit of God and the Spirit of Christ. In Ephesians 4.20, it says it like this. It says that you have not so learned Christ. 
person. Now, just me being a lay person and an individual, you look at me as just an individual, and I tell you, you have not so learned Christ, and you are the deacon of whosoever moved church. You are a minister and the elder at whosoever moved church. You're going to get offended because you think I'm saying something to try to start a confrontation. But I'm telling you this because all the ministry I've been through for the 20 and 30 years of my life, I didn't realize I had not so worn Christ until I was taught by God and Christ became my teacher. That's a hard concept because we're dealing with people who run to buildings. We're dealing with people who are running to a synagogue. We're dealing with people who are running to the pew. We're dealing with people who are running to a position. We're dealing with people who are running to be seen and heard just to say they have a position in the house of God. But I want you to know, my brother, and sisters until God becomes the God of the house. You are never going to come into the knowledge of Christ. And I want to say this again. If I offend you, I apologize in advance. You have not so learned Christ. My brothers and sisters, uh, I want you to know I speak this to your shame. So if flesh and blood cannot inherit the kingdom of God and corruption cannot inherit incorruption. This means when Christ came through the six-inch doors that were shut, he apparently didn't have blood in his body. And plus, his body couldn't have any corruption. Come on. Huh? So the spirit of God had to change the blood of Jesus through the spirit of Christ. Likewise, when Christ changed through his spirit in the body of Jesus, the first miracle he performed when he changed the water into wine in John chapter 2 verse 9, this is a picture of the blood of Jesus had to go through a transformation or a transition through the spirit of Christ by the power of the blood of God. Come on. My brother, this is getting heavy because you do know the blood of God and the blood of Christ is not the same blood of Jesus. So if this is true, the blood in Jesus' body couldn't inherit the kingdom of God without God and Christ's blood being a part of it. Neither can you or neither can I inherit the kingdom of God without our blood and our flesh being with it is, huh? Because to inherit the kingdom of God, you have to know what is the kingdom of God. Because without it, we cannot inherit it. The promise of God, he made with us. This is so important, huh? This is so important. While Jesus Christ was in the earth, after being raised from the dead, this is what he was teaching his disciples for 40 days. In Acts chapter 1, 
<laughs> brothers, in Acts chapter 1, verse 1, 2, 3, 1, 2 and 3, I'm going to read it because I want you to understand what it says. It says, the former account I made, O Theolophus, of all that Christ began both to do and to teach. So in the 40 days, Christ was teaching on the body that came through the doors that was shut. I want you to understand until the day in which he was taken up after through the Holy Spirit had given commandments to the apostles whom he had chosen to whom he had also presented himself alive after his suffering by many infallible proofs being seen by them during 40 days, hey, glory, and 40 nights, and speaking of the things pertaining to the kingdom of God. We just found out in Matthew's 13:11 and in Mark 4:11 that it is for you to know huh it is a commandment for you to know the mysteries of the kingdom of God so the kingdom of God is something we have to know and have the knowledge of in order to inherit the kingdom of God huh with flesh and blood, but through having the flesh and the bones, huh? Through having the flesh and through having the bones, through having the flesh and having the bones. Let me say that again. Through having the flesh and having the bones and having the body of Christ that came through the doors, the six-inch doors that were shut on the first day of the week. That is the only way. That is the only way, my brothers, we are going to inherit the kingdom of God because something is going to have to happen in our flesh and our blood like it did with Jesus, uh, with flesh and blood that they presented when he was at the cross. Boy, we going somewhere. Hey, God. So in Ephesians 5.30 teaches us, for we are members of the body of Christ. For we are members of the flesh of Christ. And we are members of the bones of Christ. So in essence, it is telling us that if we are operating from out of our own flesh and blood, we will not receive the kingdom of God as an inheritance. So what is the kingdom of God? And you notice that it didn't say that we are the blood of Jesus Christ, but we are the flesh and we are the bones and we are the body of Christ. Now in Luke chapter 24, verse 39, he came through the doors that were shut on the first day of the week as it was in John 20, uh, verse 19, and he appeared to them and what they was afraid of, not because he was the Christ, they was afraid because they didn't know who the Christ was was in the appearance of the body of Jesus. So they was afraid and they mumbled and marveled. So he had to speak to them and he says, touch me. He showed them the marks in his hand. He showed them the marks in his feet. He showed them the marks in his side. And he says, touch me. He says, give me something to eat. You got some catfish, huh? You got some catfish and red beans and rice. He says, I want to eat my brothers because I'm hungry. It's been a long time 
three days. So I want me some catfish. Does anybody out there know what I'm talking about? Because on the third day when he got up and he appeared to them, he want them to know. He says, flesh and bones does not have a spirit as you see I have. Because a spirit does not have flesh and bones like you see me have. Because Flesh and blood have bones and spirit and blood, but the flesh of the body that was made and created on the sixth day in the image of God and the likeness of God, he created in his own image as a male and a female. He says this body has bones and flesh because he created it from out of Genesis 1-1, from out of the heavens and from out of the earth. Or if from furthermore, you can say it like this. God created those bodies that came through the doors that were shut, which was a picture of the body that he created in his own image in Genesis 1, 26 and 27. When he created that body, my brothers and sisters, I want you to know he created it from out of a celestial body and he created it from out of a, a terrestrial body and the natural body body and the spiritual body was made in the body of God who is spirit. So God took a body that was made from the heavens and the earth and inserted in his spirit and call it in my own image. He created himself, a male and a female. Oh, I'm teaching here today. So you better catch up, my brothers. I'm a little bit ahead of myself, but I didn't got too excited. So therefore, and furthermore, my brothers and sisters, we are going to have to understand that we are his body. We are his flesh and we are his bones because this is how God created us to be. So in Genesis 2, Two and chapter two, verse seven. He poured that body that was made without bones, that was bones and flesh, that was made without blood, into a body that was made from the earth, huh? The dust of the ground, and he breathed in them. The Lord God, who is. Christ breathed in them. Oh, my brothers, you're going to have to listen to these series because God is moving right now. Oh, brothers, you better get ready, get ready, get ready because God is taking us to another dimension and God wants you to know that I'm teaching you in these last 40 days about these bodies because this is <laughs> the kingdom of God. My brothers and sisters, you cannot inherit the kingdom of God if you are not a member of the bones of Christ. You cannot inherit the kingdom of God if you are not the body of Christ. You can't inherit the kingdom of God if you don't have the bones, the body, and the flesh as a member of Christ. You cannot inherit the kingdom of God. So let's see what the kingdom of God is. Early in our study, we found our, our scriptures teaches us, Christ's teaching in Matthew 13, 11, and Mark 4, 11, he says, it has been given to you, and it has been given to me, huh? or it has been given to you and me to have the knowledge. Huh? 
of the mysteries of the kingdom of God. So now that takes us into another dimension in God and Christ because it is required for us or there is a prerequisite for you and a prerequisite for me to have the knowledge of the mystery of the kingdom of God. How often are Christians and believers are taught on the kingdom of God? And how many of us actually know what is the mysteries of the kingdom of God is? If you don't know what the kingdom of God is, and it is a prerequisite or it is a requirement for you to have, in order to receive the inheritance God promised us. This is not a good thing to not to have if you are serious about having the gift of God as a promise. Amen? Whether you know or have the knowledge of God or not, let's go through the scriptures and find out to make sure you got it. Let's go to Matthew 6.33 first. Matthew 6.33 says, But seek ye first the kingdom of God and his righteousness, and all these things shall be added to you. So here we see in the verse, in this verse, in Matthew 6.33, a part of the prerequisites or requirement, we have to seek first the kingdom of God and his righteousness. This has to be vitally important to the disciples of Christ because this is when he began his ministry after taking over the body of Jesus during the baptism in Luke chapter 3, verse 21 and 22. Jesus has transformed from being the begotten son into the beloved son of God through the baptism. But seeking first the kingdom of God and his righteousness has, has to be so important because this was his first few sermonic presentations he delivered to his disciples. So what is the kingdom of God and his righteousness? Because in order for Christ to add to us, we apparently need these two things or we need to have the knowledge of these two things first. Let's go to Luke 9, 25 and 32 to see what it says. For what will it profit? Luke chapter 9, verse 25. For what will it profit a man or a woman if he or she gains the whole world and, it, and is himself or is him herself destroyed or lost? Or for what will they profit if they gain the whole world and lose their own soul? Or what will a man or a woman give in exchange for his or her soul? This is powerful because in Genesis 1, 26 and 27, God made and created a male and female in his own image and his own likeness of Christ and the Holy Spirit on the sixth day. So when you and when I are losing our soul, you are losing your image of God. So you don't want to lose what God breathed into you because that's the promise that he promised you now in Luke chapter 24, 49. 
So therefore, and furthermore, God created us in his own image on the sixth day that he gave us from his eternal spirit, from the heavens and the earth, or from the celestial body and the terrestrial body that he created and made on the sixth day. We are going to get more of that or get more into that as we continue. So by Christ asking the question, what will a man or a woman or what will a male or a female uh, who he created and made on the sixth day in his own image and his own likeness give an exchange for his soul? Now, this is heavy. Whether you believe this message or understand this message, this question Christ just asked is very heavy. Let's continue reading in Luke 9, 26. Huh? For whosoever is ashamed of me and my words of him or her, the Son of Man will be ashamed when he comes in his own glory and in his Father's glory of, and the glory of those holy ones. Now, this is interesting because the Son of Man and the Son of God is two different sons, but they are from one Father and one God, or in other words, they are from one source or the same source, but has two different entities in one body. These are the bodies that came through the door. That was shut through the six inch doors that was shut on the sixth day. My brothers, if you ain't interested in this podcast right now, the Promise of Our Father podcast going to take you into places you have never been before. So I'm explaining something that about time we get to these series, you're going to understand why I'm saying and repeating what I'm saying because this is powerful and this is heavy. Huh? Because when he is speaking of when he come in his father glory, when he's speaking, when he says the son of man, he is speaking of Jesus. Huh? When he's speaking of when he come in his father glory, he is speaking of being Christ. What is he actually saying is when Christ come in the glory of our father, in the body of Jesus, something miraculous is going to take place to those who have the knowledge of the kingdom of God and not ashamed to speak and proclaim claim the promise of our father as these holy angels and even they who showed up in the tomb. Huh? He says even the holy angels are going to stick on the knowledge of the kingdom of God. When Mary was in the tomb and she was speaking, she spoke to the angels. Hey, God, Mary Madeline, let's continue reading because I don't want to get too far off because we have to get into this because I want to close this and open a new series because I don't want to give you too much at one time. I'd rather you eat and chew and be filled than to eat and chew and to regurgitate because God is not ready for you to regurgitate. He's ready for you to meditate on the 
spirit of him and the promise of our father. Let's continue reading in Luke chapter 9, verse 27. So he was talking about his holy angels. For whosoever is ashamed of me and my words of him or her, the Son of Man, will be ashamed when he comes in his own glory and in the glory of his father and the holy angels. But in verse 27 in Luke chapter 9, he says, but I tell you truly, there are some standing here who shall not taste death until they see the kingdom of God. Oh, come on. So now Christ is about to explain to us what we are seeking the first for in Matthew 6.33. He's about to explain to us, seek ye first the kingdom of God and his righteousness. So Christ is about to explain what he's going to add to us while we are seeking. If the scriptures tells us, come on, we have to seek first the kingdom of God, or if it is teaching us that God promised us eternal life, and if, the te- and if it is teaching us that the gift of God is eternal life, it has to have infallible proof of the thing or the things it promised us as a gift and a promise. So now Christ is about to teach us why it is for us to know and why it is for us to have the knowledge of the mysteries of the kingdom of God. Because if we don't have the knowledge of the kingdom of God, you are still taught in parable. And I say this to your shame, that you have a zeal for God, but not according to knowledge. So let's continue reading in Luke 27 and 28. Christ says to his disciples, I tell you truly, there are some standing and listening to what I'm about to say. There are some of you who shall not taste death until you see the kingdom of God. The mysteries of the kingdom of God is about to be revealed. Let's continue reading. Now it came to pass in Luke chapter 9, verse 28. I want you to know where I'm at and where I'm reading from because I want you to go stretch the scriptures so that you may think you have eternal life. So in the next message, you are know by that time you have been given eternal life and someone has been cheating you out of your reward. Who will he get to teach knowledge? Who will God get in Isaiah 28 verse 9 and 10? Who will he get to understand the message? Huh? Who will he get to teach the word of eternal life? Here a little and there a little. Precept upon precept. Word upon word. Line upon line. Here a little and there a little. Now in Luke chapter 9 verse 28 now it came to pass about the eight days after these sins we're about to come into why he says that there's some of you gonna taste and see before you taste that you're gonna see hey glory you're gonna understand hey glory you're gonna perceive hey glory this word see me comprehend and understand the scriptures you're gonna know you have eternal life to understanding what you are able to inherit 
through flesh and bones, but not through flesh and blood. Now it came to pass about eight days after these things that he took Peter, John, and James, and he went up on the mountain to pray. As Christ prayed in the body of Jesus, his appearance, his face was altered, and his robe became white and glistening. Now the power of the Spirit of God Christ has altered and changed the appearance of the body of Jesus into another form. This is indicating that the glory of God is on the scene. And Christ prayed the body of Christ into a place that is unknown to him. So even the body of Jesus had to come into and know or have the knowledge of the kingdom of God. Why? Because as we said earlier, that flesh and bone, flesh and blood cannot inherit the kingdom of God. And you do know that Jesus was born of a woman. We know as Mary. So we know that the flesh and bones of Jesus were changing to another form to be in the position or in the state he was in uh, at that moment because the people who is coming to visit him is not in flesh and blood but in the glory of God. So Christ had to transfigurate the body of Jesus' flesh into the form of God in order for the visitation to take place. Let's read and see who was these visitors. Hey, come on. In Luke chapter 9, verse 30, And behold, two men talked with him, who were Moses and Elijah, who appeared in, oh God, who appeared in glory and spoke of Jesus' deceased, which he was about to accomplish at Jerusalem. But Peter and those who with him were happy with sleep, and when they were fully awake, they saw the glory, and the two men who stood with him. Huh? Look how powerful this is. The scripture says in verse, huh, in this verse, that they saw his glory. He said, you, before him, he said, huh, look what he said, and they saw his glory and the two men who stood with him. Now let's go back up to verse 27 in Luke chapter 9. 9, Luke 9, 27, and Christ said to his disciples, I tell you truly, there are some standing here who shall not taste their till they see, comprehend, and understand the kingdom of God. Now let's go back to verse 32 in Luke chapter 9. He said, but Peter and those who was with him were heavy asleep. And when they were fully awake, they saw his glory. And the two men who stood with him in glory, glory be to God. So the scriptures tell us in Matthew 6.33 to seek first the kingdom of God. It is actually telling us to seek first the glory of God and his kingdom and have he and he shall add huh and you should know why he's adding the glory of God and his righteousness so God is teaching us the glory is the kingdom so when we seek first the kingdom, we're seeking first the glory. So now we have to understand what is the righteousness of the glory of God, because he wants to add it to this 
body that came through the doors that was shut, huh? So therefore, and furthermore, my brothers and sisters, so if we are going to seek first the glory of God along with his righteousness, then what is his righteousness? What is the righteousness of God? Let's go to Proverbs 12 and 28 and Proverbs 21 and 21. So now I'm going to slow down. I'm going to give you this here and I'm going to close and I'm going to come back with series two because I mean series two, huh? episode two. This is series one, episode one. My brother, this is so heavy. I done got so excited. My brothers and sisters. So let's go to Proverbs 12, 28 so we can find out to add to what is the glory. So if I'm seeking the glory, I'm seeking God. So now if I'm seeking his righteousness, let's find out. In the way of righteousness in Proverbs 12, 28 is eternal life. Come on, and it is, and in its pathway, there is no death. So if I'm seeking the glory first, in the pathway of the glory that I'm seeking, death cannot be nowhere around. My brothers, I'm bringing you into a place in the dimension, in the body that came through the doors that was shut. Because God is saying, now that you're seeking his glory first and his righteousness, so there is no death in the pathway, but in the way of righteousness, as I seek it through the glory, I have eternal life through the body that he's adding to me. He or she who follow righteousness in Proverbs 21, 21, he or she she who follow eternal life in Proverbs 21, 21, and he or she who follow the eternal glory of God and the eternal life of Christ. He says that you shall be honored and you shall be found with mercy. So in there is no death in the path of eternal life and the way of righteousness because eternal life is in the pathway. My brothers and sisters, I I want you to realize when Christ was teaching the disciples about the parable of the seed in Matthew 13 and Mark 4, he was teaching them about the glory of God and the eternal life that they was going to need huh, for the bodies that came through the doors, the six-inch doors that were shut to receive the promise of our Father, the promise of God, huh, the gift of God, which is eternal life. But he made it clear to his disciples that coming into the knowledge of the glory of God and seeking first the glory of God and seeking first eternal life along with the glory is a deep mystery of the kingdom of God that will have to be revealed through the spirit of Christ's teaching. Why? Because we all are taught by God and Christ my brothers, uh, we all are taught by God and Christ. Now we realize why it's so imperative that we know and have the knowledge of the mysteries of the kingdom of God. Because if you do not have the knowledge of the mysteries of the kingdom of God, the scripture specifically says and tells us that we are still being taught in parables. It doesn't matter how powerful you think the message you receive about Jesus Christ and God is? Because if you are not being taught to edify the body of Christ until we all come into the unity of faith of God, 
and the knowledge of the Son of God, to be a perfect man, to be a perfect woman, to the measure of the stature of the fullness of Christ, you just might be still being taught in parables. I know this message may not resonate with some of you who are listening because you are too into and too stuck in your religious background affiliation. And I'm fine, and I'm fine with that, my brothers and sisters, because this message is not for those who do not have the desire to step out into the deep and go into another dimension with God. But this message is for those who have a desire for their children's children to receive the promise of God and the gift of God, which is eternal life and living forever and not dying. In Proverbs 22, 6, let's go there and see what it says, and we're going to close. It says, train up a child in the way he or she should go. And when he or she is old, he or she will not depart from it. This is powerful because in today's society, we are seeing just this. Young kids, little boys, has a desire to dress like little girls, and little girls has a desire to dress like little boys. And when they get old enough, although they may be still in high school or some cases still in elementary school and is allowed to make the decision to change into a transgender, and the majority of the parents and the and the majority of the adults are giving the kids their condolences and are encouraging them to be whatever they desire to be. But when I read the scriptures in Genesis 1, 26 and 27, God made and created man in his own image and in created male and female. He created he them. God didn't create a transgender in his own image. God created male and female. Now, let me make this clear. I think a, a person or an individual have the right to make a choice and be able to choose what they desire to be and become. But if we are children of God and if we are the sons and the daughters of God, we are serving huh, and who we are serving, the God who created us in his own image and in his own likeness, the God of the prince of the power of the air, who is the God of the children of disobedience or the God of the sons and the daughters of disobedience, we are going to have to make a choice in who we're going to serve today because you do know that the God of the Prince of the power of the air involves himself with transgenders. But I want you to know, my brothers and sisters, the God that created the heavens and earth and the that created me and you to go through the doors that were shut, huh? On the sixth day, in the image of God, he made it himself. On the sixth day, he created he male and female. On the sixth day, he said to let you know, this is the God, or you gonna serve the day. He says, train up a child in the way he should go, and he shall not depart from it when they get old. What if we taught our children? 
children from a child that God has promised us, uh, uh, promised us eternal life, that they can live forever and not die. What if we start speaking the language of God to our children's children and raising them up in the spirit of God and Christ instead of the spirit of sin and death? Because when our children hear us uh, as parents talk about we all have to die and tomorrow's not promised, our days are numbered, we are teaching them the opposite of God and the opposite of who God is. Whether you want to believe that or not, it's true. The reason people and the reason Christians and believers, pastors, bishops, and prophets, and pastors and teachers, huh, don't speak against death is because they have not so learned Christ and they have not so released themselves from the bondage of death. They have been in all their lifetime, according to Hebrews 2, chapter 2, verse 14 and 15, but Christ has abolished death and brought eternal life and brought immortality through the gospel of Christ in 2 Corinthians chapter 1, verse 10. So what if from this day forward, we start teaching our family members and loved ones we can live forever and not die and have eternal life through the bodies of God that came through the doors that were shut. What if? The key to understanding that God has promised us eternal life and the testimonies God is that he has given us eternal life through the bodies that came through the six-inch doors that were shut. What if in John 20, 19, huh? what if the very first time we understand or have an understanding you have eternal life through these bodies? What if it's the very first time you start to believe? Huh? And the knowledge of the mysteries of the kingdom of God that we have never been revealed. What if it's just the first time it's being revealed to you? Would you go back and would you start a ministry in the newness of life? Put on the new man? The new woman that is created in the image of God on the sixth day in Ephesians chapter 4, verse 24? He said, renewing the spirit of the mind. He says, put on the new man, this body that he's saying to put on as the new man or the new woman. He's talking about the body he created in Genesis 1, 26 and 27 from out of Genesis 1, 1. So on the sixth day, God is teaching us something through the body that came through the door that was shut. And he wants us to continue to go forward. My brothers, I know this is a message that's going to take you into a place you've never been before. But I pray that you listen to it in its entirety. Because the bodies through the doors that was shut, huh, is a powerful thing. And we're going to do series, huh, number two and episode number two in the next few days. So stay tuned. This is Pastor D. This is Pastor D. Washington coming to you live from out of Atlanta, Georgia. If you want to get in touch with me, you can get in touch with me at Pastor D. Washington at yahoo.com. Text me. Huh? If you want to text me, you want to talk to me as a pastor, as a leader, as a member, you can reach me at 678 764-1614. You can reach me at Pastor D, Pastor DW at yahoo.com or you can text me or call me at 678-764-1614.
This is Pastor D. May God continue to bless you and your family forever. And we'll see you and hear from you in the next episode. Amen. May God bless you forever.